Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. As always, I am Bryson Carver, and listen, I, I knew we'd be doing a show today. I knew we'd be having a great guest stopping by. More on that in just a second, but I did not think we would have as big of a leading story, although maybe I should have, uh, given the fact that Adam Silver did tell us that the John Morant punishment will be made public following the NBA Finals. And don't you think it's very strategic that he puts it on Friday so we have Friday, and then we have the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and then we're focused on the draft and the offseason on Monday. But uh, yes, John Morant suspended. I'll get to that in just a moment. Devin Nettles, he'll be joining the show at about a half hour, the host of the At The Bank podcast. It's a Ravens podcast here on the Grid Network. He'll be talking Baltimore Ravens. We will, obviously, as well as uh, the John Morant suspension and the NBA Finals as well. Looking forward to having him on the show for the first time. Uh, also, I'm going to get to, on the at the end of today's show, the whole is Nicole Jokic because Chris Broussard, I saw, brought this up on FS1 the other day. Nicole Jokic being a top 20 player of all time. And whether you do or you don't, and I'll give you my answer later on, it's a lot closer than people are giving it credit for. I'll discuss that toward the end of today's show, uh, as well as Michael Jordan selling the Charlotte Hornets and the honest assessment that we have to give about Michael and about uh, the off the court, or not really off the court, post retirement career. MJ has had. But first, the story in all of sports right now. John Moran has been suspended 25 games by the NBA, by Adam Silver, uh, according to Woj, according to Shams, according to all sources. So he's going to be gone for 25 games. There's also more information regarding the fact that this 25-game suspension isn't just, oh, he has to uh, serve the 25 games and he's back. According to Woj uh, and Shams, this is by Shams, John Morant will be required to meet certain conditions by the NBA before return to action for the Grizzlies and will be ineligible to participate in any league or team activities during his suspension. So what I assume that means, and we know what assuming can do from time to time, but what I assume that means is obviously won't be able to play, won't be able to participate even in any preseason games. This also gives the indication that John will also not be able to practice with Memphis, which to me says a lot uh, in regards to how serious the suspension really is. Ja also, and then I'll get to my reaction, Ja uh, put out a statement, this is according to Woj, 
quote, I've had time to reflect and I realize how much I've, how much hurt I've caused. I want to apologize to the NBA, the Grizzlies, my teammates, and the city of Memphis. To Adam Silver, Zach Kleiman, and Robert Pera, who gave me the opportunity to be a professional athlete and have supported me, I'm sorry for the harm that I've done. To all the kids who look up, uh, look up to me, I'm sorry for failing you as a role model. I promise I'm going to be better. To all my sponsors, I'm going to be a better representation for all of our brands. And to all my fans, I'm going to make it up to you, I promise. I'm spending the offseason and my suspension continuing to work on my own mental health and decision-making. I'm also going to be training so that I'm ready to go whenever I do get back on the court. I know my teammates are going to hold it down, and I'm so sorry that I won't be out there with you at the beginning of the season. I hope you'll give me the chance to prove to you over time I'm a better man than what I've been showing you. That is from John Morant, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. As the great Stephen A. Smith said on ESPN First Take this morning, for the moment, we don't believe you. Now, the beauty of that is, is just in a statement. Now, the question is, was the statement generated by ChatGPT or any other AI generator? Who knows? What we do know is that Ja issued a statement and an apology very, very, very similar to this, probably by ChatGPT, when he was suspended the first time, the eight-game suspension back in March when he was waving a gun on IG Live in a nightclub in Denver. Now you have two months later, the same quote-unquote crime. Obviously, Ja did not break the law. He's not going to jail for what he did, but he did break the NBA's protocol uh, in that regard, waving a, a firearm, uh, waving a gun on IG Live uh, with, his, uh, with his buddy who's driving uh, around town. For Ja individually, and then we'll get to the NBA suspending the 25 games. Is it right? Is it not? Too little, too much, just right. For Ja. And I've said this from the get-go. I said this back in March when the first situation happened. Said it when the uh, second IG Live uh, incident happened. And I've said it since. I will continue to say it to this day. I am pulling for the kid. Listen, I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. Till I die, cannot stand the Memphis Grizzlies. But the last thing I want to see is a young man throw a potentially... Is it is it crazy to say Hall of Fame potential career in the garbage for trying to present an image that I'm not really sure he thinks he wants? What these next few months, because again, Josh suspended 25 games. So that means about early to mid-December is when he'll be initially eligible to come back should he fulfill the requirements that the NBA has laid out for him to complete. So we got six months basically until we'll see John Morant on an NBA basketball court. Obviously, we, we talk about how he needs to get counseling, he needs to get therapy, he needs to truly address, because uh, he's talked about mental health numerous times. This isn't just me bringing this up. Josh talked about I need to find a better way to deal with stress and anxiety. I'm dealing with stuff, and I'm, I'm, I'm turning to, to wrong measures to solve those type of situations. Listen, if it comes to, if Ja does not feel safe in the environment that he is in, Ja doesn't need to carry a gun. Ja's one of the richest NBA players there is, especially one of the richest young NBA players there is. He can hire security. He can hire bodyguards. He doesn't have to worry about that. And putting himself once again in this position that he is in to this day. But also, and I've, I've, I've discussed this, like the two sides of the whole, is it a Jaws hanging around the wrong people thing? Or is it, as Kenny the Jet Smith said on TNT, when the first suspension occurred, I never thought about this, is Ja the guy that those dudes maybe don't want to hang with? I don't know the answer to that question. 
I'm not going to speak on Ja's uh, character. I don't, I've never met Ja. I don't know Ja well enough, even from a distance, certainly up close and personal to know what the type, the type of human being he is from a character standpoint, from a, just it's straight up. Is he a good dude standpoint? I don't know. What I do know is that over the last three months, he has put himself in this position twice. He has compromised the league twice. And if there's anything that Adam Silver and the NBA don't want, if there's anything that any league and their commissioner and their front office don't want, it's for an individual player, particularly one of the stars of the league, to compromise the image of an entire corporation, an entire entity, an entire business. That is what John Morant has done. That is the very reason that Adam Silver, when he announced, remember he had that game one press conference before the finals? And the John Morant question came up, and he said something along the lines of, you know, we're, we're going to focus. Actually, here's his answer right here. This is Adam Silver uh, before game one talking about John Morant. In terms of the timing, um, we've uncovered a fair amount um, of additional information. I think since I was still asked about the situation, I would say we probably could have brought it to a head now, but... We made the decision, and I, and I believe the Players Association agrees with us, that it would be unfair to these players and these teams um, in the middle of this series to announce the results of that investigation. And given that we're, of course, in the offseason, he has now been suspended um, by, his, by the Memphis Grizzlies indefinitely, and so nothing is, would have changed anyway in the next few weeks. I, it, it seemed better to park um, that at the moment, at least any public announcement. And my sense now is that shortly after the conclusion of the finals, we, we will announce the outcome of that investigation. So there you go. Conclusion of the finals. We get the answer from Adam Silver. We get the answer from the NBA. It's a 25-game suspension uh, for Ja. Ja's got to address himself. Not Again, obviously staying ready to go back in the basketball court. That's great, but that's secondary. I am a guy who... I believe in second chances. Now, this is essentially for Ja a third chance, if you think about it. Because he has the first transgression, second transgression. We will see. Certainly, we are all pulling for Ja that he doesn't put himself in this position once again. Remember that first stint? Uh, and there was reports that he 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 went to like a council facility or whatever in Florida, and it felt all felt very rushed. It just felt it, it didn't feel legitimate in any way, shape, or form. And then we see it happens once again. I hope Ja, over the next six months, addresses Ja, addresses the people around him, and quite frankly, addresses his family. Because not to take any blame away from Ja, and I've said this from the beginning, 95% of the blame goes on Ja Morant. In terms of the people he surrounds himself with and the positions he continuously puts himself in. The other 5% goes to A, the Memphis Grizzlies, and B, Ja's family. Because Ja can't cut off family. You're not going to cut off your mom, your dad, or your, your siblings, or whatever the case may be. His dad has put him in compromising positions. The Shannon Sharp incident back in January. Then even more serious. Remember, his mom was at a um, at some type of store and was uh, she didn't like the cashier. Some of the cashier said, so she called Ja, and the cashier had to like hide from Ja and his friends like in a closet at the store. Not to mention the other alleged incidents that John Morant has been involved in with the kid last summer with the Indiana Pacers team bus. So the question is, how does Ja address Ja and how does Ja address the people around him? That is going to be the question over the next six months. As for the NBA, 
Because I think that's been the more the, the, the bigger discussion. Anytime a suspension comes down for any player in any league, in any sport, we're always debating. Too much, too little, just right. Me personally, and I said from the jump, and certainly when Adam Silver, I, I think you saw in that soundbite, he alluded to the fact that they had uncovered additional information. We're not aware of that as, you know, as we're sitting here today, we're not aware of what that information may be. I'm not sure we'll ever be aware of, of what that is, at least in the immediate aftermath of the suspension being handed down. I said 41 games. I said this is now a sec- the second time that he has violated uh, this policy by the NBA. This is the second time he's compromised their image. And furthermore, remember before the draft lottery, Adam Silver was doing an interview, and he was asked about the Jaws situation. Adam Silver seemed um, – you, you know you ever see that, that person where maybe a messed up and they – feel hurt and angry at the same time, that was Adam Silver, who's known for being a very even-killed, he's the most player-friendly commissioner probably in professional sports. And so the fact that you saw that type of anger by Adam Silver, he felt betrayed. He felt like Ja had, felt like he knew that Ja had straight up lied to him. And so that was the reaction you got from the commissioner. So I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a half season. Now, the 25 games. Now, obviously, you, you, you... Based off of my uh, preconceived notion of what it should have been, 41 games, you would think, I would think, 25 games is too little. From a pure number standpoint, in terms of the volume of the suspension, yes, I think it's too little. Again, I would have given him 41 games. But I was talking to a, a, a good buddy of mine, actually is is here at the Grid Network, uh, Jamel. Jamel Crothers, who writes some, just wrote a piece today, a good piece on John Morant on the Grid Network's uh, website, so please be sure to check that out. But he, we were talking about it, and he brought up a point I never I never even considered, the fact that uh, Miles Bridges was suspended 30 games last offseason for domestic violence. And as we, as as time went on, we came to find out how serious that that situation was and how disgusting that his his actions were. Now, my counter to that would be then Miles Bridges should have gotten more than 30 games. That's that's what I would say. Uh, in all honesty, he probably should have gotten the season. And who knows whether or not Miles Bridges has an NBA career whatsoever in his future. Frankly, I could give a crap okay, what he did to, uh, to that woman. What Ja did is obviously less serious than that. But there was no way, given the precedence of the Miles Bridges suspension a year ago, was Ja going to get more than that. Because at that point, then you could have those who defended Jaw, and unfortunately, there are many, say, time out, you think a guy waving around a gun, which isn't even illegal in the state of Tennessee, is, again, a state that I live in, you don't have to have a carry permit, it's, it's to, to, to carry a firearm, you could carry a gun in Tennessee and get a larger suspension than a guy who, who beat his girlfriend, are you kidding me? And that would be a, based on the NBA suspension, that would be a reasonable argument. The NBA wasn't going to put themselves in that position. Again, and the key part of the suspension that nobody is talking about, it reminds me in some part of the, remember when Kyrie Irving was suspended this past season for the anti-Semitic uh, post on social media? And I, I, can't, I forgot what the number was. It might have been indefinite. Uh, from what, I can't remember the exact number. But Kyrie Irving had to go through some sort of like uh, some counseling in regards to whether or not he's able to, uh, it wasn't like a, I can't remember what it was something about addressing anti-Semitic beliefs and tropes and things of that nature. So, and Kyrie Irving had to go through that and then pass through the suspension. Again, Memphis's schedule isn't out. 
the NBA schedule is now that probably doesn't come out for like another couple of months. Ja will be eligible technically to come back until early to mid-December. That's not a guarantee that that's going to be when he comes back. Because he'll have to go through, again, as, as Woj detailed, as Shams Ashrani detailed in his tweets as well, that Ja's going to have to go through certain uh, certain measures for the NBA to clear him. And you know, Adam Silver, who again, we saw showed you that soundbite, didn't show you the soundbite when he was at the NBA lottery, draft lottery. He, he was pissed off. He, 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 was, he was ticked what Ja put himself, uh, put the, the league and put Adam Silver in position to do what they did. He's not going to be as, I shouldn't say forgiving, he's not going to be as um, open to Ja coming back right off the bat unless he feels 100% certain, okay? Ja's address when he needs to address. We feel comfortable with him coming back out in the court. And again, as Ja pointed out, as many have pointed out, Ja is a role model to a lot of kids out there. When does the NBA feel comfortable putting him back out there? The 25 games, honestly, feels like the baseline. So while I may disagree with the sheer volume by itself individually, I thought it should have been 41. NBA gave him 25. Based on the NBA's logic of the entire situation, I get it. I get what they were coming from in terms of the Miles Bridges suspension a year ago and in terms of what Jaws going to have to go through in order to come back into the NBA. Uh, so very, very nuanced situation uh, and can't imagine that the, this is the last we'll hear in terms of the information that we'll get uh, over the coming months uh, and going into next season. We have a couple of comments, some comments here. Let's see. Patrick Brown, I was, ex Patrick Brown, by the way, here at the grid. Patrick, I was expecting a full season, wow, a full season. 25 games is a light suspension. David Stern would have given him the full season. If he screws up while being suspended, more games will be added. Uh, yeah, full season feels like a bit much. Uh, again, jo to me, that that warrants, again, I think Miles Bridges should have got a full season, especially given what we ended up finding out about that situation. To me, to get a full season, you've got to commit a crime. I mean, like a, a serious, serious crime in order to get a full season. Uh, John Rivera, I was right about the Bridges suspension. And he said, it's a good point, but uh, John, John, well, technically Bridges did get a season because nobody signed him and lost a hundred plus million dollars. That's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. that's, yeah. John, John, John was, was right on the money about, um, uh, about the whole entire situation regarding Bridges. Uh, my man, Mike Guido, what's up, Mike? He says, is what John ja did that bad? Okay, so it looks like if I can get the computer off here, hang on. You can see me there in the corner trying to get a good little background here. Let's see if that works. Okay, so uh, I apologize, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This is not how I expected this podcast to, to go, but it looks like we're having some connection issues. I'll try and enter back into uh, the 
the stream, but it's giving us problems right now as we speak. So uh, we'll try and we'll try and get that hashed out as quickly as possible. Uh, but like I said, we're having some connection problems uh, with the with the stream. So again, we'll 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 do what we can in terms of uh, trying to do a show from here because uh, it might be somewhat somewhat difficult. Okay, so and I can get the screen maybe propped up here and hang on. There we go. Okay, that might work. That might work. Is that as long as everybody can see me, we can we can maybe still do a show. Uh, again, my mic is connected to my computer, not my phone, but we'll try and do a show uh, from here on out. So again, but as far as what as far as what Mike was saying, in terms of you know whether or not that you know was Ja did was what Ja did that bad. Look again, this is it's kind of I've used this analogy before. Think of if you work for a company, which Ja basically does. Ja works for the NBA. If John Morant broke a rule under what that company says you can't do, might have not committed a crime, but he still broke a, he still broke a law or still broke a law as according to the company. Now he does that twice, and again, what he did makes the NBA look bad. Yeah, it's probably not going to you know look so good uh, for John in terms of what a punishment's going to look like. Um, again, we'll see if we have any comments here. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. Yeah, they, the NBA absolutely had to, to to levy a suspension, and uh, we'll see what happens with John Morant moving forward. Uh, again, Devin Nettles should be joining us in about 10 minutes. Um, I might be able to get back on uh, on StreamYard because it's, it's – I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. It's, 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 given, it's given some problems. Uh, okay. I think, I think we're good. I think we're good. I think I can get back onto, on the, all right, there we go. All right. So yeah, just had to, just had to, <laughs> had a little bit of connection issue. So we're, we're back. We're back. I was I'm glad that didn't last the whole show. Um, I'm glad I was able to get my whole jaw take out before that broke out. So appreciate everybody hanging in with us. We'll try and do uh, the show from here on out, hopefully with no connection issues. So I appreciate everybody uh, hanging on. Uh, Ryan Flowers, <laughs> Ryan Flowers, right off the bat, Ja is an idiot. Like I said, I'm, have I ever referred to any, I think I referred to Dylan Brooks as an idiot, um, under the basketball context. Obviously what John Morant's doing is far more serious than what, what Dylan Brooks is doing. Here's the thing. Ja has made idiotic decisions. Does that make him an idiot? Based on the volume of his decision making, for the time being, yeah, that's that. I think that's that's a that's a fair assessment to make. Uh, but again, I'm I'm pulling for the kid. I hope he he's able to 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 work on himself to improve uh, from from what he needs to uh, from what we, he needs to improve with. And at the end of the day, uh, hopefully, become a better man for it. And again, if he's able to come back to the Memphis Grizzlies, and something else too, and I forgot to bring this up as well that I don't think anybody is talking about, and something that's very, very fascinating in terms of Ja with Memphis. And from a more serious, from an off-the-court perspective, I've talked about the fact that Memphis is the second, by the numbers, technically the second most dangerous city in America in terms of, of, of gun violence. It's the second, it says the second highest gun death rate of any city in the United States of America. Baltimore's number one. Memphis is number two. So again, if there's any city 
whatsoever that Ja does not need to be doing the things that he's doing off the court in, it's Memphis, Tennessee. Trust me, that that is not where you want to be screwing around. As for on the court, though, and I don't think this is getting enough attention, I've talked about this ad nauseum on the show that we talk about, and you, you guys know I get worked up about most valuable player. I'm not so, so sure Ja's one of the 30 most valuable players in the NBA. I'm serious. When Ja Morant, in the last two years, Ja Morant has played, let's do the math here. By the way, this includes the playoffs. The last two years, John Morant has played 132 games with the Memphis Grizzlies. They're 82 and 50. They've won 62% of their games when John Morant is healthy the last two years. They have played 50 games without Ja the last two years. They're 33 and 17. They've won 66% of their basketball games. It's not like some small sample size. It's 50 games. That's, you know, that's over half a season. Something else, too, and I've talked about this before. I talked about it during the playoffs this year. Remember when Ja got hurt against the Lakers in Game 1 and then the Grizzlies won fairly comfortably over the Lakers in Game 2? The Grizzlies in the last two seasons with Tyus Jones as the starting point guard are 33-13. and 13. They're 33-13 and 13 with Tyus Jones. Is Tyus Jones better than Ja? Heck no. I'm close from a talent perspective, but from just being a pure point guard from getting guys in and out of sets, from being a better uh, three-point shooter, being able to space the floor more. Tyus Jones fits better in Memphis than John Morant does. So I'm not ruling out the possibility that Memphis might consider moving on from John Morant if he, God forbid, puts himself in, in, a, in a position once again uh, that compromises himself and compromises the NBA. A couple more comments here. Uh, let's see. Uh, John, uh, I'm sorry, um, Ryan, but not where he lives. Are you, I think Ryan is referring to uh, the issue with with him living in Memphis. It's 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 a factor. There's no question about. It. Not saying that's influencing Ja. I'm saying that's the last city Ja by the numbers, the second last city Ja wants to be doing what he's doing in. Quick topic, and we'll get to our guest. Michael Jordan sold the Charlotte Hornets uh, for was it three billion dollars? I think it was to an ownership group. Let me make sure I'm getting the names uh, right. I know Jay Cole, shout out to Jay Cole, uh, was part of the ownership group uh, that bought the Charlotte Hornets from Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan and the ownership group in Charlotte sold uh, the team to a group uh, led by, I hope I'm pronouncing their names correctly, uh, Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall, ending his 13-year run as a majority owner of the Hornets. Now, from a basketball standpoint on the court, uh, Hornets fans in Charlotte, Rejoice. Your misery is ended. Now, not going to act sit up here and act like the Hornets are going to get back to or get back to. They've never been there. Get to title contention or anything of that nature. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But if you look at Michael Jordan and what he's done in terms of being the Bulls owner, they have been unequivocally one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in all basketball, since he's become the owner. They have the fifth worst winning percentage in basketball. They are tied for the second least playoff appearances with three. 
They have they never won a playoff series at all, which is tied for the worst. And they won a grand total of three playoff games when Jordan was the owner, which is also tied for the worst in that streak. What is my favorite saying? <laughs> Carving it up. Two things can be true. Michael Jordan. Listen, I think LeBron's a go. If you think MJ's a go, I'm not going to fight you on that. Well, we may debate, but I'm not, I don't think you're crazy if you believe that. MJ might be the greatest basketball player of all time. He's minimum a very close second. And in terms of ownership, he has been an abject disaster. Now, you could argue Michael Jordan is in a much better position from a business standpoint. He brought bought the Hornets for, I think, over like a, a hundred million, something like that. And now they're worth like three three billion ish. So MJ did fine in that regard. So he's he's sitting fine. He, he's not he's not losing any sleep over the money he lost with the Charlotte Hornets. Jordan Brand is still the highest selling shoe, and it's not even close uh, in, in 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 totality. And MJ, we know the brand, the Jumpman logo. That's not going anywhere anytime soon. Is it outlandish to say if 15, 20 years from now, Mr. LeBron Ramon James is in this exact same position? Let's say LeBron brought, bought the Detroit Pistons. He bought the Pistons. They stunk for 15 years, basically doing what they are now. Just terrible for 15 years. He sells the team. We're crushing LeBron James. See, this is why he's not the GOAT. Which, by the way, I'm seeing some LeBron fans do that for Jordan, which I think is crazy. I, I, I do. I, I think if we're talking about greatest basketball player ever, let's stick to on the court. Has LeBron, in terms of philanthropic efforts, in terms of business, uh, in terms of social justice, far exceeded MJ? 100%. Now, MJ has gotten better over the last few years, but LeBron has been uh, the guy in that regard uh, since he stepped into the NBA. It's not being too critical of Michael to say, off the court in terms of shoe sales, he's excelled. He was a horrendous owner. If you look at some of the stars that he has passed on in the draft, and Charlotte's been bad for, you know, when he was the owner. Again, he, they won 42% of his game since he took over. They had a lot of high draft picks. He passed on a lot of stars. Passed on a lot of future Hall of Famers. I don't think it's crazy to say that LeBron would be getting just a little bit more criticism. Just a little bit. If you were in the exact same position, I'm just I'm just saying. Got to have an honest conversation about it. Um, so yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I again, well, I saw, again, I saw Jay Cole's part of that ownership group. Jay Cole's one one of the best, and I think he actually performed at the All Star Game in 2019 in Charlotte. Uh, he's a big Hornets fan, so shout out to Jay Cole. Um, looking forward to seeing whether or not Charlotte can can bounce back and put themselves in a position to to be. Forget compete for championships. At least be relevant. At least be watchable. Is that is that too much to ask? We'll see. All right. Looking forward to having this guest on for a while. We were able to work it out last week too to bring him on. He is the host of the At the Bank Ravens podcast uh, here on the Grid Network. He's a big Baltimore Ravens fan. He's also got the My Thoughts, My Opinion podcast, and we are ready to hear his thoughts and his opinion on a wide variety of topics in the world of sports. Would you please welcome for the first time to Carving It Up Live... Devin Nettles of the At The Bank Podcast. What is up, Devin? How you doing, man? Welcome man, to Talk It Up. Man, what it is, Bryson, man. Appreciate you uh, having me on, man. This is this is dope, man. I've been waiting 
to get on here for a nice little minute and and i appreciate you reaching out to uh podcast to me man uh, hey listen always and i appreciate you your support of this show I, i've been listening to your stuff you're doing great stuff here on the network before we even get into some nba stuff finals john Morant, and and obviously the baltimore ravens uh tell people where they can find your podcast tell them why you because everybody every podcaster has a story especially sports podcasters podcaster why you sort of dove into this field and have, com- have committed to it the way that you have um pretty much my wife put me uh put me on to this um she was getting tired of me just going back and forth with my friends and she was just like uh not you just start a podcast and this is like right before the uh, pandemic and i was at that time i was like mm, nah i don't know nobody's not really gonna listen to me i don't think i have that voice and this is just me listening to my own two ears and she was like, no, I, I think you have the voice. I think you have the knowledge enough to actually, you know, put out a podcast. So I started off in the audio world, just doing audio, just playing with it, started off with my phone. Um, just, you know, learning the outs and ends and just trying to find my way through here. And eventually uh, I took it over to visual. And then once I took it to visual, that's where things kind of really opened up for me. That's when you know, our guy Barry reached out to me and, and, and actually, you know, gave me some uh, ideas on how to critique my show and actually how to broaden my show and then brought me onto the grid network. So once once I got there, man, it, it's just been on and popping and, and then, you know, introduced me to like you, Ryan and, and the rest of the crew. And like I said, I'm, I'm I'm you can just say I'm big fans of y'all. I watch y'all shows. I try to make sure I can learn from y'all and, and, and critique from y'all shows also so I can add my own spin to my thoughts, my opinion, sports podcast. I appreciate you. Your story sounds ever so similar to mine as far as how I got in the field. Cause my family, I, I, I like you. I'm just obsessed with sports just in any way, shape or form. And right. uh, funny enough, I always give um, my, uh, my dad credit for the idea of starting my show, my sister credit for the name carving it up. Cause it was going to be like the Bryson Carver show, which is pretty generic compared to carving it up. And then my <laughs> right. mother credit for to this day, uh, little critiques, little things that I need to address in terms of trying to make the product better, uh, for people to, to, to listen to. And yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Barry for bringing you on the network. Uh, and very, very excited to have you aboard. So let's get into the, Obviously, the biggest topic in the world of sports, and that's the John Morant suspension. 25 mm-hmm. games. Uh, again, he, he does also – the underreported aspect is he does have to go through uh, a certain certain precautions, certain things before the NBA can, can clear him to come back. What was your initial thoughts on the suspension? Do you think it was enough? Do you think it was just right, too much, too little? What what was your thoughts on the Josh suspension? Um, my first initial was just like, wow, Adam Silver, you, you, you kind of dropped the ball in my opinion, man. You, the way – he announced that during the NBA Finals was making it seem to feel like it was more to it. He said he had under the um, found more information under the investigation and stuff like that. And you're making us wait until after the finals. And I understood the reason because you didn't. We understand like Ja is kind of going to be bigger than the finals because nobody really predict yeah. Denver and Miami to be in the finals. You know, so no disrespect to none of them. It's still a great finals. Um, but, you know, to hold that information, you, you would have just thought it was going to be a little bit more. You know, I was expecting at least half the season. Um, 25 games, I, I think you slapped them on the wrist again, um, in my opinion. I, I really just think that if, he goes to be in, if he's going to be in your face and have a conversation as man to man and say, hey, my bad, I shouldn't have did this the first time, I'm going to work on it. You you wouldn't think that just not even three months strong, really, he goes right back into this kind of same situation again. 
And I just felt like, you know, that was a slap in the face. And if you're going to slap me in my face um, for that, and after we just had a, a man-to-man conversation pretty much, I, I felt I felt the real disrespect. I felt like you, you didn't take the eight game away because it really wasn't no suspension. They were just him just removing himself from yeah. the facilities until they figure out what was more uh, to the situation. But you would have thought, like, you know, we gave him eight games – Maybe now that, that that slap on the wrist is not enough for him to understand. Maybe he needs to get a little bit more harsh. I'm not saying a whole year, but at least 50 games, something in that nature. Yeah, I thought it was going to be 41. That's At least that's what I would have handed down. I think, and again, I was, I was talking to our guy Jamel, who again wrote a piece on Joff for the Grid's website. Uh, and you know, we were talking about the fact, you know, Miles Bridges got 30 games last year. You could argue they almost dug themselves a hole for this go around uh, with the fact that, Bridges did what he did and he only got 30, not even half the season. I'll obviously right. pointed out that he kind of got the whole season because nobody picked him up. But in terms right. of what the punishment was, uh, because it, it wouldn't have maybe it would have been the greatest look for the NBA where yes, this is second the second transgression with the exact same action by Ja. Uh, but again, what he did was not as uh egregious as 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 harmful as what um as, as what Bridges did. So uh, again, it's it's gonna be a matter of whether or not because we talk about the suspension once it kicks in when the season starts. Right. Technically, the suspension really begins now because, again, the Grizzlies had already given him the indefinite suspension, so he won't be able to practice or be around the team or anything of that nature. So, again, I'm look, Ja issued the apology again, as the old saying goes, actions speak louder than words. We got we got to see it uh, before we, we we believe it, before we we feel like Jaws is really trying to make improvements as, as a man, as, as a representative of the league, because that's that's really what these guys are. And yeah. um, it, it's going to hurt Ja in the long run if, if he doesn't address that. Yeah, he most definitely should address that because, you know, it's, I understand he's not trying to be a role model, but he actually had kids looking up to him, and some of those kids are my kids. You know what I mean? Um, sure. I just had a conversation with my kids um, probably like three days ago. Um, they have these Orbi guns, and, you know, they sitting there just playing around with it. You know, like kids normally play around it, but I had to kind of tell them, like, kind of don't be out here like John Moran. Don't be out here silly with it. You understand you got to – understand it's a toy, but also it can still be used as a weapon. It can still be used, um, go against you in the wrong favor. So just kind of make sure you're not on social media doing crazy things, you know, uh, hurting animals, anything in that nature. But it was crazy that I had to say, don't be like a John Morant in that type of aspect versus, you know, be like John Morant on the court. You know, the guy that my kids look up to. So it, it, it just... Um, you know, like I said, I, I still respect John Moran. I still believe that he's a generational talent in this league. I sure. still believe that he can turn things around if he's willing to turn things around. You know, you just have to put that effort and that mind to it to actually turn around, not just say, yeah, I'm going to do it, but then turn around and still do the same things over and over. We got to change your environment just a little bit. Yeah, and you you hit the nail on the head in terms of you know he's got to want it for himself. I saw Brian Windhorst was on ESPN regarding to the fact that Ja was from last year's suspension to this year with missing the All NBA last year. With mm-hmm. I didn't even bring up the fact that him being suspended twenty five games with the new CBA, he won't be eligible for any uh, All NBA oh, teams or anything like that. So right. you you he he said you added up, it's going to cost him about fifty million dollars. 
Um, so it, is is that going to be a wake up call? Is just simply not being away from the game that he loves is that going to be enough? Not being away, you know, being away from his teammates. Um, like you said, John's going to want it for himself, and certainly we we wish him the very best. And uh, for for those watching or listening, we'll we'll give any updates whenever we can. Uh, as for the NBA Finals, obviously Denver wrapping it up in a quick five games, uh, winning their very first NBA championship. I'll start with the Nuggets. Uh, Nikola Jokic, I said on yesterday's show. I think in terms of this playoff run, especially among finals MVPs, he's had one of the greatest runs by any finals MVP in a single playoffs. Uh, when you consider the two MVPs, and I'll do a Jokic segment at the end of the show, it's hard to make the argument that he's not the best player in the world. And a big mm-hmm. reason I say that is because, you listen, you can't stop great players. You, you can make life harder on them. I'm not really sure what the game plan is to stop Jokic because Miami tried all they could with throwing the zone at him, throwing the man-to-man at him, that if, if you play man-to-man – then he's going to put himself in a position where he could be a great scorer or distributor. Same thing with zone. So, you know, what was your thoughts on Jokic's finals performance? And do you think straight up, do you think he's the best player on planet Earth? Best player on planet Earth? I'm going to say no. Well, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm I'm still fighting for Giannis a little bit. Um, I think a healthy Giannis, he's still that guy. He still can uh, get an MVP in this league. I still believe he will get another MVP in this league. Um, but I, I I feel like him and Jan is, is, is pretty much neck to neck of running um, who's the best player in this league. But as of right now, since Giannis is sitting on that chair, yes, he is the best best in this league. And for what he did, uh, and, and this throughout the playoffs, Jokic really solidified himself to saying that no longer I should be in a conversation with him in the bead anymore. I shouldn't yeah. have to, it shouldn't be a debate of, Who's the best big man? Because I, at once upon a time, I was the guy saying that Embiid was the best dominant big man. So what you know, what I mean, because uh, Embiid also impelled his way on the defense, and if he can still stay dominant on the defense, I, I give him an edge just a little bit over Jokic. But the way Jokic showed us in this in these playoffs it was like totally different. You know, what I mean, almost average a triple double throughout the whole playoffs. It's like, wow. How about this stat, Devin? How about this stat? The fact that he averaged the second most assists of any finals MVP in a single playoff to Magic Johnson. A center, a big man. We had Jason Kidd been in the finals. We we had Luka been in the finals. We had Draymond Green been in the finals. And we all these guys are pretty much running their offense and can can get assists. So for Jokic to do that, man, it's a big deal. And the way he did my Lakers was just like, oh, man. Just oh man, the way and what separated Jokic and to make me change my mind was the way he was beating the big guys down the floor, you know. And, yeah. and then it was just like like wow, like you would think that with Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anthony Davis and DeAndre Ayton will beat Jokic down the floor. But what they didn't, and, and, and that was one of the main reasons why they got put out the way they did in the playoffs. And Bam kind of answered those questions because he tried. Bam did everything he can possibly do. Bam made him work on the defense where he felt that Jokic was the weak link in, but Jokic still won that matchup. Bam still was able to 
control him. It was, it was no way you was going to stop him. You know, I mean, you, you he did the best that he could on his on his defensive side, and that's what separate Jokic and and, and from Embiid and, and the rest of these big guys in this game. Even though that these guys might be athletic and more faster than him, he was able to slow the game down to his pace and still dictate the game the way he wanted to. And and I think that's where it separates Jokic from a lot of the big men. Maybe um, separating him from a lot of the big name stars in this, uh, who can be closeouts or he solidifies himself as a superstar. I can tell you that. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And, and I think you you hit one nail on the head in terms of uh, he plays at his own speed. It seems like and something else with Luca as well. He, he's similar in that regard mm-hmm. from, a, from a perimeter standpoint where I, I don't know what it is. These European players come over here and it, it, <laughs> they don't necessarily look the most athletic and they just they torture our guys. Devin, it, it, it's, 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 it's incredible what, what, what they're able to do. As far as Miami, and, and obviously it's going to be centered around Jimmy Butler. We, we talk about playoff Jimmy. He had the incredible first-round series against Milwaukee, mm-hmm. played well against the Knicks, played well enough to beat the Celtics, uh, didn't show out uh, as well as we would have hoped in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. I don't – and I want your thoughts on this. I didn't look at, at – when that series ended, I didn't think Jimmy played well in Game 5. I didn't look at him any less than I did coming into the playoffs. Matter of fact, I kind of thought more of him. I'm like, you know what? He led Miami to their second finals in the last four years. Do mm-hmm. I think he's a top 10 player? Probably not. But, you know, there's guys in that top 10. I mean, Embiid is who you mentioned. Embiid can't make a conference finals. You know, I love Dame. Dame's never been to the finals. Uh, mm-hmm. And so when we talk about guys who, uh, you know, are in that, you know, solidifying that top 10, they haven't accomplished the things in the playoffs that Jimmy has. I, I can't, again, am I supposed to look at Jimmy as any less as he takes out 250 win teams in the first round in conference finals, beats the Knicks, and loses to a team that was much better than him in the NBA finals? What was what was your thoughts on Jimmy's playoff run and then finals run and how you view him in terms of the NBA's best players? Playoff run, we almost going to have to kind of separate him like how we separate Hoodie Mello. <laughs> you, <know? Yeah>. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Hoodie Mello is, is a totally different baller versus – any mellow in the in the NBA really, you right. know, like hoodie mellow is my felt is my favorite mellow of all. Um, so playoff Jimmy is pretty much everybody's favorite. I was having a conversation with these guys at work, and I was like, uh, "Do we still count Jimmy as a superstar in this league?" I was like, "Cause this guy kind of mastered something that a lot of players didn't haven't learned how to quite master." And to coast throughout the regular season. He's not worrying about no MVPs, not worrying about six man or any other of those awards. He coasts through the 82 games because Jimmy plays about at least 65 to 70 games a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's 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 pretty much durable. Um, and then once he gets in the playoff, he flicks the switch and he, he gets on goes on these monstrous runs. And it's kind of like you blame Miami just a little bit because Miami, I mean, we've been saying this since last year. Miami is, is missing a star. They missing a one guy. No disrespect to Jimmy, but I think Jimmy is a solid number two. Okay. Uh, you know, what I mean, I, I believe can he can he lead a team to the finals? Yes. But once he gets to the finals, I feel like he does so much to get them there that he gas out in the finals, and then it's like, ah, where's my help? And Bam was there to help, but how much more can you ask from? uh undrafted uh players sure. I, I i think that they they did their role they they did everything they possibly can to get to the finals i believe uh, a star like a dame you know what i mean or a, a star maybe like a bradley bill somebody that can 
actually score in the fourth quarter and actually take over and give Jimmy just a little break because, you know, Jimmy can impose as well. He can get to the box. He can get to any shot that he wants whenever he feels like it. And the thing about Jimmy, speaking of that, he kills me once he get two feet in the paint and then want to pass it. That And yeah. I, I think when you have a, another star that can help him when he does that, that opens things up for Jimmy. So I, that, that was my take from, you know, playoff Jimmy and the finals Jimmy. And guys, you, you mentioned Dame, you mentioned Bradley Beal. Both are, are, are guys who the Heat have been linked to this offseason uh, mm-hmm. as potential destinations. Again, I'm I'm not sure what the package is for Miami. I feel like they'll probably have to be involved in some sort of three-team trade in order to get any of them. Maybe not Beal as much as they would Lillard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, you mentioned the fact that both Beal and Lillard are both capable of getting their own shots. They're good playing off the ball so that, you know, if Jimmy wants to you know sit in the corner for a couple possessions, get a little breather, as you mentioned, you know, those guys can can take over and, and get their own shots and get other guys involved. Because if there's anything Miami's not short on, it's, it, it's three-point shooters. They got plenty of those. <laughs> uh, right. So, you know, plenty of guys that they can distribute to, especially uh, a Dame Lillard. Shifting to the NFL, though, you got the At The Bank podcast here at The Grid. You're a big-time Baltimore Ravens fan. And I got to admit to you, bro. I really like Baltimore this year. I was a little skeptical pre-Lamar mm-hmm. contract because I felt like it was, it, was, it was coming to an end. It's all the outsiders always is. Come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, and I, I, yeah I, I bought into it, and, and sure enough, they got the deal done. Lamar's going to be the quarterback uh, in the long run. You add Odell Beckham Jr. in the offseason. You draft a guy I love and Zay Flowers out of Boston College uh, to be sort of your slot guy. Um, again, you're talking about those two guys coupled with Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins, a great offensive line, a great defense, the best kicker of all time, and a great coach. Outside of there being in, in maybe the toughest division of football, I'm not really sure what's not to like other than Lamar Jackson's health. What's your take? Let's start with Lamar. Okay. Getting the contract. Um, first of all, did you? I, I, I imagine what the answer to this question is, but did you think he deserved the contract, and how? what was your thoughts on him getting that deal to become the, the Ravens' long-time oh, answer quarterback? Of course he deserved it. Oh, man, it was it was, it was was nail-biting. Um, I tried to envision Lamar leaving, you know, just to see what would it look like, how many years that would set us back, because I, I think the way what we did was once we found out that we were going to go all in and with Lamar, um, we changed our whole identity to our offense. You know, yeah. credit, you know, Greg Roman, he did with the best that he could. And I felt like Greg Roman also held Lamar back from his growth, also. But um most definitely he was worth that deal. I think that we are two and a half to three years late from this deal. I think he should have been got this deal after he solidified that unanimous MVP year. Um, but I, I I see great things coming in these five years. Um, like you said, it's, it's a tough division, but when you look at this division, you can also see that eventually Cincinnati going to have to pay those three wide receivers. One of them will have to go. I mean, it's probably going to be you, Boyd, but yeah. But you know, what I mean, eventually you already lost Hayden Hurst. You lost a tight end, a versatile, a versatile tight end. Um, Cleveland. Uh, until you bring Amari Cooper, I understand they got Elijah Moore down there, but until you bring uh, some more help for Amari Cooper and um, how a full uh, offseason with Deshaun Watson is going to be, we kind of still got Cleveland up in the air. Pittsburgh, it's Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin is not going to go out without uh, with with a losing season, you know, yep. and, and what, what they are building, I believe they are just – two pieces away um, from actually being a contender, uh, at least a playoff contender. 
because they, they they keep knocking on the door to be a playoff team. But I, I just think they are just missing two key pieces um, from them. So that's kind of giving us a little, a little, just a little sunshine here in Baltimore that, you know, those, that division kind of, it's just one of the strongest division, but it's also shaky too. Yeah. In terms of, uh, from a contractual standpoint with, with, with Cincinnati, and obviously, Look, the thing is, I I think Joe Burrow's the second best quarterback in the league to Mahomes. I think if you you know, regardless of the piece you put around him, he's one of the few guys where give him a Jamar Chase, give him a, a solid one, he'll make everything else work. Because uh, mm-hmm. guy, a guy like Lamar will, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jamar will open everything up. Um, in terms of, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the Lamar Jackson contract about it being two three years late. This is the thing that that. I, it, it it drives me crazy every offseason whenever a quarterback is up for a long term deal and mm-hmm. the team punts, you know, kicks the, the kicks the rock down the road where it's he's only going to get more expensive every year. You might as well get the deal done now because right. the, the market for quarterbacks. I mean, who God only knows what Herbert and Burrow are going to get uh, once their time comes, be it this offseason or next. Um, and so I'm glad you bring up those points about Lamar. Um as for and again, by the way, something else too that you forget about the Ravens, and you could say maybe it was a divisional matchup, but when they played at Cincinnati, if it weren't for the, I think it was Hubbard who had the hundred yard return on the on the fumble at the goal line, mm-hmm. we, we was might be having a different conversation today. We was knocking on the door, and you know we still had a, just a small window chance when James yep. Posey, you know, had that fingertip catch that he dropped. You know, so right. things were still kind of in our favor because we, you know, that 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 culture we have down here. That play like a Raven really means something um, in this organization. So as long as we continue to get players that actually buy into our system, I think we got a chance every year. You know, it's it's funny. You you, you talk about adding players to, to, to the culture. I said, I think two or three weeks ago, when, when DeAndre Hopkins got released by the Arizona Cardinals, I said the three teams I think make the most sense are Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo. Kansas City needs him the least because, well, obvious reasons. Buffalo desperately needs him because you have the Stephon Diggs situation, which is just weird. I'm not yeah. sure what's going on over there. And outside of Diggs, they got nothing at wide receiver, so that would really sure up that group. I think Baltimore's that healthy medium where they don't necessarily need him to be a great offense. But, man, you add him to it. Again, this is a, a DeAndre Hopkins who's played with some – some pretty, I don't want to say bad quarterbacks are in the NFL, but some pretty, uh, let's just say below average quarterbacks is, is, is still put up 1500 yard seasons. You pair him mm-hmm. with a guy like Lamar Jackson, by the way, with the Todd Monk and the new offensive coordinator who you mentioned, um, Greg Roman sort of, he, he was, he was the right offensive coordinator for Lamar at the time. Yeah, that but time, as Lamar yeah. developed as a passer, you needed a, a guy again, Tom Munkin made Stetson Bennett look like a, like a Heisman uh, contender <laughs> in, the, in the college football playoffs. So you give props to him, but you had DeAndre Hopkins to a group like that. Uh, I don't know if you have any sources in Baltimore that are, that are talking about it. Is, is there any chance that this does happen? Cause I know DeAndre's talked to Tennessee, New England. Uh, is there any possibility he goes to Baltimore? Um, you know, everything has a possibility to it, but so far, you know, there's no links that he's, um, having to visit here, anything in that nature anytime soon. But, you know, like I said, anything is possible. And if we can add a DeAndre Hawkins to this wide receiver room, which since I'm on it, while it's on my mind, make sure y'all tune in to Marvel at the bank. And who has, I've discussed this wide receiver room that we now have, but, Having um, adding a DeAndre Hopkins because uh, to our wide receiver room will be phenomenal because for the only reason, oh, we're not looking for OBJ to be a number one, and that that's why I want our flock fans to actually pay attention. We're not looking for OBJ to be our number one. 
we are looking for OBJ to open up um, Rashard Bateman so he could potentially be our number one wide receiver. And and I think adding uh, these vet wide receivers can most definitely help that. Um, I expect a nice year out of OBJ. I'm not expecting him having a thousand yard wide receiving t- uh, yards and, and 10 touchdowns. Sure. That's not what I'm not. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm I'm, I'm looking for him to hit a 550 yards, maybe about four to five touchdowns this year. You know, what I mean, just just to open up things because we still got Mark Andrews. He's still our big target. He's still our number one. You know, what I mean, until yeah. until things yeah. change. You know, what I mean, uh, he's still our number one. But if you added DeAndre Hopkins to the mix, now we're not asking him to be our number one. We already know that D Hop is going to get his. He's he's one of the best route runners in in the game right now. He's going to get open. It's just sometimes you know he has a questionable drop passes, but he still makes up for it by the end of the season. He's still able to get his ascendants. He's still able to be an All Pro wide receiver. And if you can add that to the mix to help Lamar growth, how do you play us? You can't play us man to man. It's going to be hard to play us in zone. It's like, how do you play this? You don't want to load the box anymore because now we can spread y'all out. Because remember, J.K. Dobbins, it can also be spread out into um, a split wide receiver or anything in that nature. So it's a lot of things looking good in this in in, in, in our organization this year. So I'm 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 fingers crossed for health because that's the number that's one it. thing, man. Is is if long as we can stay healthy, things can look good for Baltimore this year. Where's your expectations then going into this season? Uh, my expectations, I'm going to say we make the playoffs. We win yeah. our division. We win our division this year. We make the playoffs. I say we go deep into the playoffs. I'm going to give a second round so far because, like I said, we second still want to have to get used to um, this new offensive um, play calling because uh, what they've been uh, doing in OTAs this year uh, the play clock is kind of no longer exists. If uh, pay attention last year, the Ravens had a lot of struggles getting to the getting to getting to the offensive line, and the play clock is on five seconds already. Right. This year, Todd Munkin is looking to speed things up, so it might be a kind of a hurry up type offense um, coming out this year. So things things once they, we can get used to that, things can look up for us. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think so, too. Again, I have Baltimore as one of the three best teams in the AFC. I've got Kansas City. This may shock some people. I've got Jacksonville, two and Baltimore, Ooh. third. I, I like Jacksonville. I'm really high on Trevor Lawrence and, and, and Doug Peterson. I'm... Listen, I, I don't bet against that guy. He, I mean, they almost beat Kansas City in the playoffs last year. But I think Baltimore is absolutely contender to, to come out of the AFC North uh, to beat out Cincinnati. And we'll see what happens in terms of whether or not they can contend uh, for a third Super Bowl title. Uh, Devin, before you get out of here, tell the people where I can find your show. All right. Yo, y'all can most definitely find my thoughts, my opinion, sports podcast on YouTube and on the Grid Network. All you have to do is just follow my um, social media platforms, hit the link. 
um, follow my link tree. It's going to lead you to wherever I'm at. You know what I mean? Make sure y'all just go to the grid network, you know, for your audio. And then if you want to follow me on YouTube, make sure, because I'm, I'm on the road to a thousand subscribers. So make yeah. sure y'all go ahead out here and follow my YouTube page at MTMO underscore sports podcast. And for the Ravens uh, podcast at the bank, make sure y'all tune in every Saturday. And things are going to change once the season starts to give y'all the post-game reactions of what happened during that game. So look for me after whatever those games is. Look for either the day of or the day after to uh, give you my post-game coverage. But for right now, check out at the bank at the grid network. Um, You can text all my episodes uh, drops every Saturday. So make sure y'all tune in. It's great content, great work. Absolutely. 100% is. Man, it feels like the NFL is just – I know it's June, but it's, it feels so so freaking close. I can, it's, it's, I can smell it. I, I smell it in the air. <laughs> yes, sir. Devin Nettles, awesome stuff. Can't wait to have you in the show once, uh, hopefully once again in the future. And, uh, hey, Baltimore's going to be a problem this year. I can tell you that much. Have a good one, man. Hey, man, make sure you – hey, also, I want you to join my show too, Bryson, man. So we got to try to set things up so you can come on and hop on my thoughts, my opinion also. Hey, I'm down whenever you want. All right, we 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 we'll link up on that. Yes, sir, man. Have a good one. You too. That was Devin Nettles, My Thoughts, My uh, Opinions podcast, and the At the Bank podcast. Great stuff as always. Um, I'm telling you, and I, I'm serious. I'm not just saying it because I got a Ravens fan on. I think Baltimore's going to be a problem this year in the AFC. And, and the Bengals fans going to come at me with saying they're not one of the top three teams. Listen. T- good teams have down years. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, although I did like Cincinnati adding uh, Orlando Brown uh, in the offseason. They're they're no question going to be a problem. Um, see if I can get this uh, real quick uh, graphic finish because there was a um, a discussion uh, regarding Kola Jokic. And when we talk about this again, I got him as the best player in the world. A lot of folks say Giannis. Again, I feel like people are really, uh, really shortchanging that guy in Golden State. I mean, he, you know, he, he did average a, you know, 36 and 6 on basically 50, 40, 90 shooting and had the first 50 point game seven in NBA history. And he's a four time champion, two time MVP, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter, right? I don't know. I got him second. I got him second behind Jokic. I got Giannis as a close third. Again, the reason I got Giannis third, I talked about it on yesterday's show. A big reason for that, Giannis got gentlemen swept by the team that Jokic gentlemen swept. Again, best player in the world. I've always said this. Yes, your history matters. MVPs, past playoff success. We understand that championships. What have you done for me lately? And the reality is what Giannis did for me lately was go 10 for 23 from the free throw line in a closeout game and blow a 16-point fourth quarter lead to the eight seed at home. That, that, that ain't great. I mean, we'd be... Oh my! If that was LeBron, Steph, or KD, who I I think are the three faces, you know, Giannis is in that is in that conversation. Jokic with this championship will put himself uh, certainly in that discussion. Man, if any of those guys <laughs> had pulled something like that off, uh, I, I, don't, I think we'd be having a I think we'd be having a very different conversation in terms of criticism uh, of those guys. So just again, it's all, all about keeping that same energy uh, for different guys. Again, almost done with this um, with this graphic because. I think it's an interesting conversation to have in terms of where Jokic ranks uh, all time. Hey, I'm getting this last little thing on here because uh, I saw this sort of going into it. Uh, Chris Broussard, who works for FS1, uh, does a great job. I've actually got the chance to to meet Chris um, a few years ago on a Zoom meeting. Great, great guy. Does good stuff for uh, for Fox Sports. Um, he said after the Nuggets championship, 
Issa the Jokic is now a top 20 player all time in the history of the NBA. And initially I sat back, I was like, I don't know about top 20. I'm like, eh, that's, uh, that, that, that feels like a bit of a stretch. More I thought about it though, and I'll show you this graphic right here. I think he's a lot closer than people think. Right now for me, I don't think Jokic is a top 20 player all time. I don't. But here's what my top 20 looks like. My top 22, because that's where I got Jokic. I've got Jokic the 22nd greatest player ever. If, for those that, uh, you know, are listening to the podcast on any platform. In this order, I've got LeBron, Michael, Kareem, Kobe, Magic, Steph, Duncan, Bird, Shaq, Russell, Wilt, Hakeem, Dr. J, Moses Malone, KD, Oscar, Jerry West, Giannis, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, Dwayne Wade, then Nikola Jokic. That's what I've got. Uh, with another MVP, Heck, I think it was just with another all-star level season, just you know, putting himself in the MVP discussion. I think he passes Dwayne Wade. Obviously, Wade never won any MVPs, but he did win three championships. He's got a scoring title on his resume. Uh, again, if, if the three championships were with LeBron, then I probably would have put Jokic over him, but Wade and Jokic both did something very similar in that they led a team to a championship. Shaq was on that Heat team. Obviously, guys like Gary Payton and Alonzo Mourning uh, and, and company. Dwayne Wade, again, that was his third year in the NBA out of... Didn't he play at Marquette? I think it was in college. Third year in the NBA, down two games to none against Dirk Nowitzki, comes back and win that, wins that series. Again, I, I view Dirk in, in a very different sense that a lot of folks do. People got to forget, the people, people got to remember this. Dirk is like top six all time in scoring. And he won a championship going through probably the hardest gauntlet of any, of any finals MVP in history, arguably. Goes through Brandon Roy and... Folks, folks forget how good Brandon Roy, Roy was before those injuries got him. Man, he was a he was a monster scoring the basketball. Beat Brandon Roy in the Portland Trailblazers in the first round. Beat Kobe and Powell, who were the back-to-back champs, swept them in the second round. Conference finals, albeit they were young, but beat KD, Westbrook, and Harden in the Western Conference Finals. And then the hardest of all, took out the Heatles. Prime LeBron, Prime Wade, Prime Bosh. Took him out in six games after trailing two games to one. By the way, he was sick, infamously, for that game four when they were down two games to one. Remember LeBron and Wade were like mocking him, like fake coughing and being real disrespectful. And Dirk's like, okay, as, as MJ said in the last dance, I took that personal. And Dirk won finals MVP, got a championship on his resume. He's also got an MVP on his resume, albeit that season. My We Believe Warriors took him out in the 07 playoffs in the first round. First eight seed to beat a one seed in a best of seven series. Shout out to Baron Davis, Steven Jackson, and company. But yeah, that's I've got Jokic 22nd. Again, in that the 20 spot, I've got Dirk. You got to talk about KG, who's got a championship and an MVP. Giannis, who's got a championship and two MVPs and a defensive player of the year. Again, the only, see, I got four. No, I've got five current players in my top 22. So I've got Braun. Steph, KD, Giannis, Jokic. Those are my. Those are to me the five best players uh, all time that are currently still playing today. Again, I got LeBron's the goat, so I he can't get any higher on my list. Steph, I think the highest he can get is fourth. I have a hard time seeing him ever get to that third spot passing Kareem. He would have to. He'd have to win like the next four championships or something. Kareem's resume is insane: six championships and six MVPs, all-time leading scorer for four decades. Like Kareem was a monster. Back in the day, probably the greatest player ever pre-Jordan. That's how great Kareem was. I think Kobe with a championship passes Magic. 
with a championship and an MVP, I'm sorry, he has to pass Kobe. All due respect to the late, great Kobe Bryant, but he'd have as many championships as Kobe and would have three times more MVPs than Kobe. Now, to me, again, a championship for step to pass Magic, either a championship and an MVP or two championships to pass Kobe. So what I'm saying is Steph is on the doorstep of Mount Rushmore. Um, by the way, again, something else too that that uh, you know Steph can also say he can say, hey guys, I led the second greatest dynasty, led maybe the second greatest dynasty, worst case third greatest dynasty of all time. I think '90s Bulls is one. Again, I, I don't want to disrespect the '50s, '60s Celtics. I, I don't. Because I've got Bill Russell 10, and I've always said Bill Russell will always occupy my spot in the top, occupy a spot uh, in the top 10. The man won 11 championships and was one of the greatest defensive players ever. Second all-time in rebounds, by the way. There were eight teams. That's the only thing. Um, yeah, Patrick of the Comets. Uh, my 2006 Miami, he had Wade Shaq, Lonzo Mourning, Jason Williams, Antoine Walker. Yeah, he was a good player. Gary Payton, James Posey, and Udonis Haslam. Pat Riley took over midseason, and they went on to win it all. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a good Heat team. Uh, and, and, and D. Wade absolutely solidified himself as one of the greats of the game with that title. Obviously got LeBron few, four years after that. Now, they weren't a dynasty because they only got two. If, if Miami had gotten three in four years, it's like, okay, they're a dynasty. You win 75% of the championships in a condensed uh, time period. Yeah, you're you're absolutely a dynasty. But, yeah, but I've got Jokic 22nd. A title, let's, let's talk about this. Put the list back up. Where would another MVP put him? Where would another title put him? Okay, if Jokic wins a third MVP, the only other guys in this list who could say that would be Braun, Jordan, Kareem, Magic, Bird, See, I guess Wilt is on that list as well. Moses Malone. That's it. That's I th- I'm pretty sure NBA historians, correct me if I'm wrong, that would be a, a class of, on this list, on my personal top 25, only seven guys on that list could say that they have won three MVPs. So where would that put Jokic? Three MVPs. Hmm. I'd have to put him at that point on the 18-19 spot. Is that crazy to say? Now, with a championship and an MVP, now we're talking like, does he pass Oscar? Does he pass West? Because at that point, he would have as many championships as KD. We would assume as many finals MVP as KD and three times the amount of MVPs as Kevin Durant has. I don't know. He might be pushing that top 15 with a championship and an MVP. With a championship by itself, hmm. he moves past Garnett. He moves past Garnett into the top twenty, so he goes into that that uh that nineteen spot, right? Because I again, I, I think Giannis is going to come back with a vengeance. I think the Bucks are going to be a problem. They're going to make some adjustments. By the way, I saw the Bucks are in the business for Bradley Beal. Ooh, you give up a Middleton, you give up a, a couple of bench guys for now. You got Giannis, Beal, and Holiday. Bucks gonna be a problem next year. Again, there's nothing. People, it's the most underrated thing I think in sports. How pure humiliation. It's one thing to lose in heartbreaking fashion. That's one thing. To lose in humiliating, embarrassing fashion. That's different. That puts you in a whole different mindset. Like, man, I'm gonna go get these guys that took us out in these playoffs. Like a revenge mindset. 
Miami didn't beat Milwaukee. It was like a seven-game dragout. They took them out in five games. Yeah, Milwaukee, I could see Milwaukee winning 65 games next year. Not saying they're going to win the championship, but I think we're talking 65 games. Patrick says Jokic should be top 15 if he wins another MVP and title. I, I, I agree. If he does it next year, let's say, again, we're talking next year. So uh, now if it's, say, he won two years from now, well, did Giannis win another one? Did Steph? Did KD win another one? But if he does it next year, yeah, I mean, you, you have a hard, hard argument to make. He, I think he has to pass KD at that point. Because that point, Moses has multiple championships and three MVPs. Moses, to me, is arguably the most underrated player in the history of the game. Uh, he was he was a, he was dominant in Houston. Was dominant in Philadelphia. Uh, now, Dr. J was the face of those teams because he's Dr. J. But yeah, that's that's. I think he had to, he, he'd have to move the top fifteen with an MVP and a title next year. So there you go. I, I love love these discussions. The NBA in particular because it, it's hard. Who the top ten NFL players ever? I don't know. You're going to have Brady. You're going to have Jerry Rice. And you're going to have Walter Payton. You're going to have, I uh, probably have Jim Brown. You're going to have Lawrence Taylor. Like, but it's different positions. A quarterback, the value of a quarterback so far supersedes every other position, even left tackle, even edge rusher, even wide receiver. Like, that's, but NBA, yes, they're different positions. Yes, that the era part is the hardest thing to get past in certain one on one head to head discussions. Who's better than who? But it's, it's five on five. Like, that's, that, that makes it, and dynasties are more common in the NBA than they are in the NFL because the NFL's had the Packers were a dynasty in the 60s, the Steelers were a dynasty in the 70s, the Niners in the 80s, the Cowboys in the 90s, the Patriots for two freaking decades from 01 to 19. And I think Kansas City, I think, has moved in that class as well. So I think we've had six dynasties in the NFL. NBA, we've had Celtics in the 50s and 60s. There was no dynasties in the 70s. There was a ton of parity a lot like how it is now. Celtics and Lakers in the 80s. So that's that's three right there. Bulls in the 90s. Lakers in the early 2000s. Oh, I guess uh, technically that's six. No, that's that's actually tied. My bad. No, there. in my view, we've had as many NBA dynasties as NFL dynasties. Celtics had two. Lakers had two. Bulls and Warriors had one. Or, or of course, you could say Spurs as well. Now, Spurs never went back-to-back, but they, had, they, they were kind of like New England where they had a long dynasty from 99 to 2014. So, yeah, but no disrespect to Spurs. Let's put them in that discussion as well. So, seven in the NBA, six in the NFL. I don't know. These all-time discussions, I, I could talk about this for, for hours if you guys can't tell. Uh, <laughs> Patrick, I, I figured this would be the case uh, with, with, with Lakers fans. Patrick, Mike Malone is starting to annoy me. Rest assured, LeBron takes mental notes. Oh, of course LeBron takes mental notes. Uh, yeah, and, and again, I'll say this last thing and then I'll get out of here. I talked about Michael Malone yesterday uh, when the Nuggets had their parade. And by the way, have you seen Jokic in Vegas? I didn't know Jokic had that much like personality. So uh, listen, Vegas can bring out the, the, inner, the inner party animal in anybody. Even, even a guy like Nicole Jokic who just wanted to go home. But Michael Malone was, uh, you know, he's talked about they have a, they played the Lakers last month. They won the championship almost a week ago. Now, my thing is, you guys know what I always say. I've always said this. Because today actually happens to be the one-year anniversary that my Warriors won the 2022 title, which was the peak of my sports rooting life. Anyway, when you win a championship, you can say whatever the heck you want. You can say whatever you want. Um, you're, you're, you're on the mountaintop. Why does Michael Malone keep talking about the Lakers? If it, here's the thing, it'd be different 
if the Lakers and Nuggets sort of had this rivalry, if they had this back and forth, if they, if a bunch of Lakers, not even a bunch, if a couple Lakers players had like said something publicly, like, ah, Jokic ain't that good, or uh, this guy, Jamal Murray, he's not all that. At that point, it's like, okay, you took a shot at me, then I can take a shot at you back when I win the championship. That I know of, I, outside of a little backhanded compliment by Rui, I don't remember the Lakers saying anything crazy about Denver going into the series or even coming out of it. And I, I compared Michael Malone with cons- just constantly talking about the, the Nuggets. It's like when, when Trump beat, beat Hillary Clinton in 2016 and then for three to four years would not stop talking about it. It's like, bro, A, run the country. B, worry about Biden and and uh, and Bernie Sanders in 2020. Like, stop talking about Hillary. You beat her. Cool. Hillary doesn't matter anymore. Why are you still focused on her? Ugh. Same thing with Michael Malone. Why are you still talking about the Lakers? It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, but hey, to the victory go the spoils, I guess. See Michael Malone at the parade, though, yesterday? He was, man, he was on Saturday. My goodness. All right, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by. As always, be sure to catch Carving It Up Live on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. Be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your Friday. Hit that big red subscribe button. It helps the channel grow exponentially. And be sure to go subscribe to the Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-N-D, the Grid Podcast Network here on YouTube and any and everywhere you get your podcast, your favorite podcast, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, any and everywhere. You get your favorite podcast, and it sure would warm our hearts here at the Grid Network and here on Carving It Up uh, if we are in that repertoire, in that uh, catalog of your favorite podcasts out there. Big shout-out, Devin Nettles. Great stuff. At the Bank Podcast, it's a Raven show. As far as a general sports show, he's got the My Thoughts, My Opinion Podcast, both here on the Grid Network. Shout-out to him. Looking forward to having him, him on the show sometime in the future. And as he mentioned, I'll, listen, I'm, I'm down to come on his show. I'm down to come on either of his shows anytime he wants to have me on. Hope everybody has a great weekend. A happy Father's Day in advance to all the incredible dads out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical and your mental health. And please, please be sure to call your local state representatives and senators to demand change for gun violence in America. Have a great weekend, y'all. Happy Father's Day, everybody. God bless y'all. Peace out. Yoga time for some fun in Vegas. Props to him. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.